Welcome to Soulful Expressions of Brie Love. I'm your host, Brie Love. As you know, I talk about love, sex, and relationships, and my personal experiences with it all. So in today's episode, titled, Brie's Gotta Have It, The Whole Phase, I will be discussing, you guessed it, my whole phase. So this should be a very fun and informative episode on my personal sexual escapades while living in my one-bedroom apartment by myself. It is a take on Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It, the series on Netflix. I was inspired. So let's get into this episode. It's gonna get real. It might get a little personal. It is gonna get personal. So this should be fun. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, I hope you had a great weekend. As you already know, your girl been packing up her one bedroom apartment here in Hawthorne, California um, so that I can start this new journey in my life. And in doing so, I've been reminiscing about all the time that I've spent in this one bedroom apartment by myself. And I'm just so thankful and grateful for the whole experience. And... I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss, you know, just being able to turn my own key and taking my bra off at the door and, you know, leaving the dishes in the sink if I want to. I'm going to miss all of that shit. But honestly, let's be real. I'm going to miss the sex. (laughs) It's nothing like having sex in your own space in your own place where you can be as loud and as free and as sexually liberated as you want to be because it shows spot and when it's over you can have him or her go when it's done you feel me <laughs> so I'm gonna miss that so much I'm not gonna lie and with having my first apartment I definitely went through a whole phase And I I discovered sexual liberation. And it's a lot like Nola Darling and She's Gotta Have It. So if you picked up on the title of the episode, it's titled Bree's Gotta Have It. The whole phase. Because (laughs) I myself feel like I'm a lot like Nola Darling. And I related to that show in so many ways. And I'm really sad that they're canceling the show. I just found that out about a week ago. So I want to pay some love and homage to Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It, the series. That's on Netflix currently. They have seasons one and two out right now. I'm going to be real with y'all. Season two is not as great as I was expecting it to be. I was a little bit disappointed with it. But I took what I could from it, and I enjoyed it still, regardless, nonetheless. Um, So if you don't know much about Spike Lee, She's Gotta Have It, I want to give you guys a brief summary on what that show is really about. And I want to get it correct, so I'm going to be reading from the um, description itself. So um, it's a Brooklyn-based artist. It's about a Brooklyn-based artist named Nola Darling, 
who struggles to stay true to herself and her dreams while dividing her time between her friends, her job, and her lovers, all three of them. That trio includes married businessman and father, Jamie Overstreet, photographer and self-described biracial Adonis, Greer Childs, and chatty Michael Jordan fan Mars Blackman. I love that character. Um, so she also shares her um, journey with a woman by the name of... I have to think of her name. I can't think of it right now. What is her damn name? Oh, Opal. That's, yeah, Opal. So, being that Nola is this polyamorous, pansexual black woman who's also an artist is super relatable to me because I, for one, I've told you before in the first episode, I consider myself demisexual. I'm sexually fluid. I love men. I love women. But... <clears throat> the gender is not important to me. What's important to me is the soul behind the flesh, within the flesh, the spirit that lies within the flesh, the person, him or herself. So Nola, you know, <clears throat> like me, having my one bedroom apartment to myself, I've struggled with also, you know, life balance, friend balance, work balance. Especially because I also am an artist like Nola. She's a painter, a photographer. I myself, I'm a poet, I'm a poet, a songwriter, a singer. And trying to do all that, plus have a life, plus, you know, make money so you can make bills. It's not easy. And she finds her liberation through sex. And so do I. And which makes her super relatable. And she's such an activist. She's so pro-black. I am pro-black. Anytime anyone asks me, what do you mix with? Because I'm this light-skinned girl with naturally red hair. I say I am black. Black, black, and more black because I'm so proud of my heritage, my black heritage. So. I have to give a disclaimer. One of my segments got deleted, unfortunately. So... The next segment is going to sound like it's on a different day because it is. I don't remember exactly what I said. It was some dope shit, though, but I'm just going to base it off of memory. So let's get into the next segment, shall we? As I was saying, sex is very different when it's in your own place because you get to create the environment that you desire. So... I'm very big on the five senses, seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, and touching. Those things are very important to me because they they just tantalize my, my senses. They awaken, you know, things within me, you know, they, they're very aesthetically pleasing to me, especially when it comes to setting the mood. So if you're ever invited over for, you know, a little rendezvous. I made sure that I always set the mood. So I always had candles lit for the aroma and because it was aesthetically pleasing, um, I always had music playing on my TV 
some smooth R&B joints. Um, I always had some incense burning. And I always had some Palo Santo. Because I would use Palo Santo to cleanse my home before sex and after sex. Um, and if you don't know what Palo Santo is, be sure to look it up. It's almost like um, a sage. You use it to cleanse your house and to cleanse yourself. And so I would always use that. Um, I always had a red light in my living room and in my bedroom. Um, because, again, we set moods over here. Um, I always had the um, the Bath and Body Works aromatherapy pillow spray. I always sprayed that over my bed. And also in my bed, is it would be a, a canopy. A, a white canopy hanging from the ceiling that draped over my bed, down to the floor. You know... It was, I just loved it. I was sleeping like a queen every night. And, um, what else? Oh, and I also have an essential oil diffuser that sits by my bedside. Because I want every part of the house to smell good and have a different scent to it. Because I'm very, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an intentional person when it comes to sex, because I want sex to be an experience with me. So I want you to just, let's say you're at the mall one day and you smell a familiar smell. I want that smell to remind you of the time that you had with me. Because like I said, I make sex an experience for everybody, almost everybody if you're lucky. Because <laughs> sometimes we just need those little quickies and, you know, do to do and go to go. But I made sure that it was intentional. So, just know you had to be pretty damn special to ever be invited into my space for those reasons. <laughs> and when it comes to the other two senses, tasting and touching, I always made sure that I had some type of body oil in my house, you know, for the massages and for the foreplay and whatnot. And when it comes to tasting, your girl likes to drink, okay? That is my vice. So you had to bring over a bottle for your girl because why the fuck would you show up empty-handed to begin with? Especially when I'm creating an environment and giving you the experience of your lifetime, okay? <laughs> Words of my ladies, never let a man or a woman show up to your spot empty-handed. That shit is just tacky. And not the business. Don't do it. So, like, and she's got to have it. She has her three main attractions. Her three main lovers plus her woman lover. Now, when it comes to her three main lovers, there is Mars, who is the fun, loving one. There is Jamie Oval Street, Overstreet, which is the stability. The one who has stability, the one that's married, yes, but the one who really cares about her and takes care of her financially from time to time. And then there's also the one who's attractive, you know, Greer Childs. He is just this uh, <laughs> sexual Adonis, which he claims himself to be, which is very true. Um, and so 
like Nola Darling, I kind of had my own little trio going on. I had, um, <laughs> I'm trying to debate if I should disclose names or not. We're going to say one was called Lo. I'm going to call him Lo. Um, and he was my fun one. He was the one that was always making me crack up with jokes. And he was um, non-judgmental. And sex with him was always fun and inviting because he was just sexually and physically appealing to the eye. And he had the, he always had, he, he was swag the fuck out, okay? I'm going to describe him real quick. Lo was light skin, about six six. He a heavy set ass dude, but uh, he came with that fire. Always, you know. <laughs> like I said, we gonna get real on here. It was always fun as fuck to uh, suck his dick while he smoked his blunt. I'm just gonna be real. Like it was always a fun ass experience. I always made sure that I greeted him at the door with my lingerie on and music already playing. And he already know it was ready, set, go as soon as he walked through the door. And that's just what it was. Now, when it came to Lo, I just knew that Lo was not the relationship type. Lo, in the nicest way I could put, was a... Straight up fuck boy. Just being real. He was just there for a fuck. For a satisfying fuck. And he could not connect on a spiritual level. He could not connect with me on a more mental level. He was very um, superficial. So... You know, with me being a sapiosexual, because I am attracted to intelligence and I'm attracted to conversation beyond the universe, I didn't relate to him on that level. So for him, with me and him, it was just on a sexual level. And I, for some reason, I wanted it to be more because he was just so much fun to be around. But I later realized that this nigga was nothing but a motherfucking fuckboy, all right? A fuck boy, a fuck toy, nothing but to satisfy my lust. You feel me? Bars. I actually wrote a rap about him because I was so damn pissed the fuck off <laughs> because I got my feelings caught up. And usually when it comes to sex, I am pretty good at containing my feelings and separating the two. But with him, he was alluring in all types of aspects and... It was hard for me to gain control at first until I just later had to just cut the f just cut it all the way the fuck off. Now there was Kev. Kev was um, someone who I just established a sexual relationship early on. Um, from the first time we met, it was just nothing but sexual vibe, sexual attraction, and we already knew what it was without even having to have dialogue. Now, Kev was someone who could actually satisfy my needs and take it there sexually without any judgment. And he was very open 
And that's what I really loved about having sex with him because I knew at the end of the night he would please me to my ultimate satisfaction. I always had an orgasm with him and yeah, sex with him was always really dope. I'm not going to go too much in details because I'm not sure if I'm comfortable doing that just yet, but um, sex with him was always a really good time. I always think about that Rihanna song, sex with me so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if I could create a playlist, that would be definitely number one with Kev. Always pleasing and after sex, I wouldn't feel any type of way. Like sometimes when when women have sex and it's selfish, we feel like we've been used. No, like Kev definitely satisfied, satisfied my every need and it wasn't just for his pleasing, but it was for mine as well. And so that's why I really appreciated him. He was um, someone I could rely on <laughs> for my sexual needs, if you know what I mean. Then there was David. Now, I don't mind saying his real name because um, I just don't give a fuck. Um, so there was David. David came into my life um, just randomly. We ended up meeting in some group on Facebook. Um, one of them stupid ass groups. I don't, I don't know how we just sparked up conversation, but we did. We were Facebook friends for a cool minute before we even, um, even met in, in person. Now, the conversation must have been really amazing because your girl drove from Malibu all the way to motherfucking, I think it was Palmdale or some shit. One of those like far out cities to see his ass, to actually meet him in person. I met him at one of his friend's parties, <laughs> met his best friend there. Me, me and his best friend are actually friends to this day. So shout out to you, girl. Um, she's close back. Uh, and I was so just, just so into this guy. I bitch just drove all the way there and the chemistry was amazing. He made me comfortable to be myself and I opened up to me to him emotionally right away, which was not the best thing to do, but I don't regret any of my decisions because I learn from all my love and life lessons. All my love lessons, all my life lessons, we have those for a reason so that we can learn from them so that we don't make the same mistake twice because God will test us. And if we didn't learn shit, he'll make us go through the same shit all over again. Trust me. I know. I've been through some shit, especially with niggas and in life. So my dumbass drove all the way from Malibu when I was working in Malibu. I drove to Palmdale after I got off work. And let me just give you all the little backstory on that. I had to be at work at six in the morning, which means I woke up at four in the morning to drive from Hawthorne to Malibu. 
And then I drove from Malibu to Palmdale or one of those far out deserts, you know, in Cali that I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are familiar with. Um, drove there because a bitch was just so into this guy. I mean, because like I said before, you guys know I'm a demisexual. That means I'm attracted to one's emotions. I'm, I'm attracted to people emotionally. There has to be some type of emotional connection, some type of emotional component. And that is what makes me just really, um, and just, just makes me really just into somebody like that is, that's just my thing. Um, just same thing as if you're a sapiosexual, if you're attracted to one's intelligence, you know, that is, that's you right there. Like that, that's your thing. I can't find my words right now, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, so fast forward. Uh, I stayed there at that party till about maybe two something, three something in the morning. And mind you, I had to be back at work at six in the morning all the way to Malibu. I don't even remember how that night went. I think I probably went home. I don't know for what for, because <laughs> I would have to just get ready for work. Um, it doesn't even matter. That was so long ago. Uh, so the relationship between me and David uh, was an emotional one. And it made sex to be, it, it, it made sex to be very um, interesting. And it added that component that I was missing with low and that I was missing with Kev so if I could have put all three of those men together I would have probably had the perfect man but uh yeah so David is actually the first man that I've ever had sex with and then actually allowed him to hold me all night and actually woke up in his arms. Like, I've never done that. Because when, I, when I'm sleepy, I want to lay on my set, side of the bed. And I'm, you can lay on your side of the bed. Like, I'm not that type of person. I love cuddling, but I can't just go to sleep cuddling. But for some reason, my ass could cuddle with David all night long. And woke up in his arms. And it was the most beautiful, beautiful feeling in the whole entire world. Um, until... <laughs> until I realized that he, David, was a motherfucking narcissist jackass. We'll get into that in the next segment. Now, when it came to David, I was so into him emotionally um, that I had, I would, I, I started distancing myself from Kev and from Lowe, um, because I just wanted to focus on David himself after spending time with him, after, you know, having sex with him and being intimate, like it was a huge deal for me, for me to actually wake up in this man's arms and just feeling so safe, just that was a mo that was the most beautiful feeling, like I said before, and I did not want that feeling to leave and being with him felt right um but I later realized that David just was a narcissist um he made me feel 
like the most beautiful person in the world, but then he would turn around and make me feel like, like shit, you know? And if you've ever been with a narcissist, you know, you know how that shit fucks with your mental and your emotions and all of you, especially if you're one who already deals with depression or deals with anxiety. And at the time, before me and him even met, I was still trying to unpack and understand my last breakup, which was my second real relationship with this guy named Taiwan. And I just don't care. I'm going to use names because this is my testimony and this is my truth. Now, I will do a separate episode about that because a lot of people wondered what happened with that. And that was a very public relationship that I had on social media. So that's a different episode. Back to David. Um, David and I... uh, (laughs) I fell for him too quickly, and that's why I say um, I'm not sad about the things that I've been through because I really learned from them, and so like I said before, I fell for him rather quickly, opened up to him rather quickly, and then it just ended up fucking me up in the long run, and if you don't know what a narcissist is, I'm going to read to you a post that I wrote when I was just emotionally done with this guy just I was done I just had it was my release so I'm gonna read to you this post that I wrote so the relationship I had with David was taking a major toll on me emotionally physically mentally and it was later I realized like a few months later I realized that enough was enough and I wasn't gonna take his bullshit anymore And I realized what it was doing to me. It was turning me into a person that I did not recognize. So I wrote this open letter to myself and posted it on Facebook to hopefully help others who are going through the same thing. Baby girl, you are too precious, too valuable. Too much of a queen to allow anyone to treat you as if you are worthless. Watch out for these narcissistic vultures. Narcissism is a personality disorder and that person needs help. He or she needs a clinical psychiatrist. Once I learned about it, it made me understand that it was nothing wrong with me and everything wrong with him. Narcissistic people have a way with making you feel as if something is wrong with you and that everything is your fault. They have the talent of making you value yourself through their opinion of you, which will constantly change. They use this as a way to always have control over you, your thoughts and feelings, and even perception of them. They only love you through the love you have for them. I'm going to read that again. They only love you through the love you have for them, which in fact isn't love at all. The moment that attention switches over from them to you, is when you really see their disorder take place. They have an excessive need for admiration, lack of empathy, unable to handle any type of criticism, and they always have a sense of entitlement. How you feel doesn't and will never matter. Oh, and do not meet this person when you are going through something. They will fuck your head up. 
They talk the best game and have the worst intentions. Don't fall for it. Hashtag my love lessons. So I posted this as an open love letter to myself. Um, Because like I said before, what I go through, my love lessons, is for me to share with the world. To help others. That is my passion. I have no problem talking about my personal experiences. Because my intent behind it is to help is to start a dialogue, whether it's with me, whether it's with someone else, or whether it's with yourself. I am all for self-love. I'm all for self-empowerment and learning and loving. Even throughout all the bullshit that I've been through, I still love like I've never been hurt. And that's because I really do go through my love lessons, learn from them, and I move with intent when it comes to life and love. And I have strong faith, and I really don't look at any of my past experiences as um, something that I would regret because That was once a love that I really enjoyed. It just didn't turn out the way I expected it to. So I am grateful for the lesson that it came with. Because all these things are preparing me for my life partner. So that's my take on it. Now, my whole phase was a bit different from Nola Darling. Nola Darling is really good at keeping her emotions intact. She's good at being um, non-committed. And she's really just focused on herself. Now, I recommend anyone who wants to go through a whole phase, go for it. But really be about self. Make that your time where you can be selfish and really get to know you through other people. I don't regret it, you know. I've had the person that stimulated my mind, the person that stimulated my emotions, and the person that stimulated my senses. So I had all that I wanted and three different guys just didn't make the perfect guy or the perfect connection of one. And that's okay, like... (laughs) I think that whole phases are healthy personally, and um, to be honest, there was a few other guys that was mixed up in that whole thing, but uh, to be honest, for me to go back to 2016 on who I was fucking back then, I really can't remember, and um, I know there's people that are going to listen to this and be like, wait a minute, we fucked in 2016. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. This wasn't about you, boo. Uh, I just gave you guys a glimpse of the three main guys that was uh, a part of my 2016 experience and having my own place, what sex was like, what intimacy was like, creating the ambience of all of it, um, and how I really just, just found my sexual liberation through, um, my having my own space and owning my sexuality. 
So I hope you guys really enjoyed um, <laughs> being invited into my personal past experiences. Um, it's it's really it's it's really something to sit up here, talk to a microphone, and just open up to you guys and be vulnerable with you guys. So. I hope that there's people out there that really do appreciate it. And I know there there are because there's people that's been asking me about when's the next episode going to come out. And I do want to say right now, I apologize that it took me a while to push this episode through. Um, a lot has happened. I had to uh, move back to my parents' house like I told you guys before. Um, and that's been a, a very big adjustment for me emotionally, physically, mentally, all the, all of it. And then I sprained my ankle (laughs) and it's just been, I've been, August has been a very, very busy month for me, but I'm going to work on cranking out these episodes weekly. So please forgive me as I'm still getting used to this whole, um, new world of podcasting especially since I'm living at home now, well, back at my parents' house where I had to find a a space where I can do this and a time and to actually be in the right mental capacity to really just sit out here, sit down and just lay everything out on the table. (laughs) Um, it, It takes a lot, honestly, and I really do admire people who have their own podcasts, who can create content, Um, because it's not always easy. Trust. I've even gone through, um, uh, some content being deleted, which also prolonged this episode. So once again, my apologies, you guys, but thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for tuning in. It's appreciated so much. And I'm just looking forward to growing with you guys. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I want to know, how do you create sexual ambiance? What is your before sex ritual? Do you have a before sex ritual? I talked to you guys about how I always make sure that I follow Santo in my crib before I have my guests come over. I follow Santo in my bed. I cleanse my home. Um, I talked to you guys about how I always have to have some type of lingerie on or something that makes me feel sexy and confident. Um, I uh, make sure that I have good music that sets the mood and candles that entice my senses. So I want to know, what do you guys do before sex? What do you guys do to set the mood before sex? For my ladies, do you wear lingerie? Do you take a shower? Do you do you make sure that you shave good? Do you talk to your kitty cat? For my fellas, what do y'all do? Do y'all break out push-ups? <laughs> do you get do something to get the blood flowing? Like, what do y'all do? I'm really curious to know. And do you have um, a routine? Do you do you set the mood in your place? I want to know how you guys do that. So I will be posting this question on my social media. Be sure to hit me up on Instagram. It is Brie Love underscore no limits on IG. 
I want to get the conversation started. So be sure to do that. And once again, thank you for listening to Soulful Expressions of Brie Love. I am your host, Brie Love. And as you know, if you're interested in being a co-host or interested in being on an episode with me, be sure to DM me on Instagram. And thanks for catching a vibe with your girl. Signing out.